welcome to the DB&J Wrestling Podcast, your non-gluten-free source of wrestling. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me is... Fast Count Brian, and we were robbed today. Well, no, I was saying more like the World Cup. Oh, right, the World Cup, yeah, that happened too, you know. Yeah. So what, it's just a game of soccer, who cares? Oh, I know, but like, I, it, it's just like, you got into like, the goalie played so hard, but no, everyone else was just... I don't know. They didn't really. They're just going through the motions. Anyways, wrestling. Wrestling, 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 wrestling. All right. So we had our own pay per view this past weekend, um, and followed by a pretty awesome raw. Um, and then finally, we're going to go ahead and, and uh, end the show with our top five list as usual. And this year uh, week, it's top five tag teams of all time. Yes, it is. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. Let's just do the pay per view first. Money in the Bank 2014. Uh, let's do something kind of backwards. Let's give our letter grade first, and then let's go through the matches. Mm. That's actually tough because I didn't even I didn't even think about giving the letter grade yet. To be honest with you, what'd you do, and what'd you give it? Um, I gave it a B plus. Why? Um, various reasons. Uh, I think that the uh, the latter matches were pretty good. Um, the first one much better than the second one. Um, the opening match was pretty good. Um, there was a couple of crappy spots. Not so much that brought the pay per view down, and uh, I think he really did his he really did his job what he needed to do. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, if it's all right, I'll, I'll give mine at the end just because I, I didn't really give it a fair assessment, but just because of all the extra bonus matches that I didn't even anticipate. Good point. Well, let's go ahead and go from match by match. Uh, let's start out with the Usos retaining their world championship, world tag team championship against the uh, the Wyatt family. Uh, it was actually what I thought was an excellent, excellent tag team match. I was very surprised the Usos won, but that's what they do. Uh, uh, Brian? I gotta tell you, I think it was the match of the night, honestly. Um, was that the only match you saw to that night? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, but I mean, just, I, I went in expecting the Whites to win. I figured they had enough momentum on their side. Yeah. And based on how it was booked, it was booked that way, I thought, but they came out, you know, it was really tough, pretty physical, a lot of the high fly stuff, everybody got their moves in, but the double splash at the end was pretty good, so, I mean, I didn't expect them to win, but I'm not that upset that they did, to be honest. No, no, I think, I like the idea of a, a tag team champions uh, beating their competition and uh, not being defeated by the, the first big thing that rolls around, so, and the, the Usos are, like, red hot right now, so why not give them the win? I would also like to give it up to the WWE for deciding that the god-awful uh, <laughs> music that the Whites had the, on Raw the Monday before was not used again. Yes, yes that was an excellent decision. Um, the new music is more generic, but much better than Gary Harmonica playing. He's got the whole world. Just terrible stuff. Uh, so we have next, for the Divas Championship, uh, Paige defeated Naomi uh, with Cameron on, on ringside. Uh, I actually thought this was a pretty good Divas match and showed that uh, Naomi has it too. Um, what'd you think? Yeah, I didn't really expect that at all, to be honest. I don't know if they were trying to make Naomi look strong or make Paige look weak. I don't know if it was a combination of both, but it just seemed like Paige was struggling for some reason. Oh, well, I mean, that would explain quite a bit. I, I just, the whole breakup of the Funkadactyls really 
it upsets me to the core, and I wish people could see the tears that are not coming in my eyes because I honestly don't care. I don't I don't get that whole thing because the split in the Funko Dactyls push her to the moon. It's not. It's a little different for divas, I would imagine. I mean, they're doing enough that we're talking about the Divas, are we not? We are talking about the Divas. That is really weird. They've been doing some strong stuff with Divas, and even stronger stuff, as we're going to find out in just a few moments, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so next up after that was Adam Rose defeating Damien Sandow, dressed as Paul Revere. But, uh, I don't know what to think about this, because I like Adam Rose, but I'm hating the Sandow gimmick now. Why? I, I, I think, I mean, I know he's... The, is it because he's jobbing now? It's just because he's jobbing, he doesn't know, like, what gimmick to use. He's always, like, pandering to, like, the home crowd uh, with some really bizarre gimmick. And I don't know if it's... He, obviously, he's going for comedy. But, man, he is just getting beaten up, and he just lost all his momentum. So, like, I, I wouldn't see him, like, having any kind of push right now in terms of, uh, like, actual wrestling. Uh, he will. He'll get it back. I mean, I don't know if you remember, but... Big Show went through this phase once where he was just get dressing up like like past wrestlers and doing goofy little gimmicks here and there just to entertain the crowd. Like he wasn't winning anything; he was just looking like an idiot. But I mean, the Paul Revere thing was kind of funny because he, he did say, "If I knew this is what Boston was going to end up like, I wouldn't have told anybody anything." <laughs> yeah, we, we love Boston. That's a nice uh, I, I as a going into sport as a Cardinals fan, I'm, I'm not allowed to like the Red Sox. But just for my just for my own benefit, like it sounds like crazy, but like I I actually really really enjoy Adam Rose. Like he needs he needs like a, a solid few where he can have more ring time so the fans can see what he can do. But yeah. the whole his entrance and the, like the whole thing from beginning to end, I just can't get enough of it. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh, growing on me too, man. I love, I love the whole idea. And, um, yeah, he definitely needs more ring time. This was like four minutes long. He I would hope Sandow would be that guy, but obviously nope, not. No. Sandow is right I mean, to be fair, I mean, if I ever thought Paul Revere would be in a match, I don't think four minutes would he would last that long. So, good good job, Paul Revere. It was a good debut, very solid. And uh, what was next? I apologize. Um, Wasn't that the first ladder match? Uh, it was or, Yeah, it's was, it was a little weird at the last second they said that uh, Bad News Bear was out of the match. I hope he's not out for long. Uh, I hope so, too, but it does sound like he got a pretty bad injury with the separated shoulder. So, uh, yeah, um, totally. Um, yeah, I, totally miss, you know, I don't think the match really missed anything about having him in there, but yeah, then again, I'm, he was getting some serious momentum, and now he's just like, where's he going now? I, I wonder if uh, they're going to make a big deal about you know him stripping the Intercontinental title away from him, or they're just going to forget about it altogether. Like, hey, what happened to the Intercontinental title? Yeah. Um, well, well, we'll get to that in just a moment. But anyway, back to the match, which I thought was one of the best uh, big matches they've uh, done. Really? I, I, I don't really know, because, I mean, I had honest hopes that 
it was going to be somebody other than Seth Rollins because when it's built to be something that's like super obvious, you don't you kind of like oh well I kind of saw that coming so I mean you you prepare yourself for that. But as far as the match goes, I mean it had a lot of good spots. I mean everybody had their chance. Um, I, I just think the whole using Kane. I mean, I understand that they had a, the B plan, plan B for the authority, but I thought it would make Seth Rollins look a lot better if he had done it on his own. Yeah, yeah, it would have definitely got a bigger push that way. Um, so the ending was, I, I thought the ending was kind of crappy, and that's the only thing I had against it, which was kind of sad because the whole thing was just great. Everybody did a fantastic job. Uh, everybody had tons of good spots. So. Um, Especially Dean Ambrose. Oh, I think he's going to get a huge push. Um, well, just him as Pete with, with Rollins is definitely making this establish these two guys as being the top tier. So, uh, so um, anyway, next up was Goldust and Stardust defeating Ryback Baxel in a tag team match. Um, less said about this, the better, but I'm getting kind of tired of the whole shtick already. What, Stardust? Or you, you mean, like, yeah, pretty much Stardust. Because, I mean, to be honest, I... I when I saw the the Money in the Bank contract match, I was like, that's a match Cody Rhodes should be in. And he's instead copying his brother, putting on a cheesy gimmick. And what do these tag wins really mean? They're not going to be the champions again. I just don't get the whole point. Yeah, I don't get it either. I think they're just trying to milk it out for as long as they can before it just finally collapses. Uh, and they become bitter enemies and fight each other to the death. I swear, with Cody Rhodes' face, oh, I'm sorry, Stardust's face, I swear he looks like a freaking Power Ranger, doesn't he? He does look like a Power Ranger, or um, he reminds me of like a really bad superhero from the 80s. Which is kind of like a Power Ranger, but yeah, I can could, I could see that. Would he have teamed up with Captain Planet, maybe? Um, he and Captain Planet would have uh, teamed up um, to fight evil, evil polluters, um, and those who threaten the stars. That's true, but you know, he brings pollution down to zero, and that's all that matters. What's driving me nuts is the sudden Jesse Jackson stick that like Big E's going on. Like I'm doing it for America, uh, for everyone, uh, taking down Rusev. Uh. Like come on, I mean just just stop. Like that part's killing me. But um, I mean it was definitely a better match than the one they had. To, they had a payback, but that's not really saying a whole lot because that first match was not good at all. I mean, that's the, and that's really all Biggie could hope to accomplish. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we have Layla versus Summer Rae. I took a bathroom break until I missed it. Did you see it? Yeah, uh, it was very surprising. I mean, I mean, it's just personal, you know, opinions aside. But seeing the two girls like fight over him is just dumb because, for one, both of them could do better yeah. at, uh, in real situations, and two. If you're comparing the two based on looks, in my opinion, Summer Rae wins by a long shot. Agreed. Uh, she is the much better 
Well, I mean, you would never say no, but at the same time, you don't uh, comparing her to Summer Rae is not fair. Yeah, I mean, like I said, choice, then, yeah. Yeah, but like I said, Summer Rae reminds me, she's got, like, Stacey Keebler legs, but, like, her entrance is like Maurice, if you remember her exactly. It was, like, she's got the combination of the two, and you can't beat it. She's fantastic. I don't want to think of him as champion again, and it's not because of my. It's it's not his fault at this point. At least I hope it's not. It's just bad management decisions. Got it. Daniel Bryan's out, but at the same time, is Cena really the guy that fans are going to care about challenging the establishment? His own hometown booed him. The guys like on Raw, he was like a mixture of like booze. They don't care that he's not liked. They just give him the belt because it's the easy choice. But is it? Would it have hurt them to give Roman Reigns a short title run, even if he lost to Lesnar or um, Seth Rollins cashed in? Well, to that point, I think that, yeah, giving Roman Reigns the belts at this point really won't work because he hasn't really established himself as a singles wrestler. Um, and I think that just having the main event uh, pitcher, uh, just teasing that, like, gives him a better shot of winning the belt later on and being a incredible champion. I, I see that. I just... I just don't think putting it on Cena for the 15th time, which they made sure to uh, hype the heck out of that. And let's be and let's be honest. Even if he gets over Ric Flair, he's still not a better world champion because the way Flair had to get it back in those days, Cena wouldn't have touched the gold, in my opinion. So, I mean, even if he's a 17, 18, 19, 20-time champ, Ric Flair's 16. It's, it's, like, it's like Roger Maris' home run record. It should always be 61 because of what Bonds, Sosa, and you know McGuire did to get their records. So I mean, I to me as far as the match goes, it's just like his win came out of nowhere. But if you look at everybody else, Orton took the most abuse by far. Um, Bray Wyatt was pretty much non-existent. I think he had like a couple spots here and there, but he was pretty much out of it. Like most of the guy, like Del Rio was just a punching bag yet the crap be done by everybody and i mean i just they could have done a lot more with the match i I understand where what they're trying to do but i just don't think cena's the right answer again i just don't see it I get that they want again they want somebody to challenge the authority, but then to me, I could care less about the authority. I don't even think they're necessary. I'm actually tired of seeing Stephanie Triple H every week or Kane all the time. 
Like, did, did, do they need those guys to be a heel presence? Can't they not develop other people to get in those roles? Like, the authority just seem, doesn't, to me, isn't, isn't necessary. So to have somebody like Cena get the belt as a fill-in, or, I mean, who knows if it's a fill-in because of how long Brian may be out, but I just I just don't get it. I They could have gone in a lot of other different directions, except for Randy Orton, which, thank goodness, they did not go there. I'll give it the same. Um, and I'm not saying that Cena winning would have, you know, kept it, or somebody else winning would give it a higher grade, but, I mean, it would have. Um, so, a B plus. I mean, it was solid all around. I just think the main event was a letdown to me. Yeah, it was definitely a little surprising. You don't expect mid or early July or late June returns like that. So no, you don't. And they, there was uh, at least a couple of them. So I had like three like holy crap moments uh, during, and they really like, loaded them out in the show too. It wasn't just like you know one like you know one cool moment. It was actually several of them in this uh, show. Anyway, so the opening segment was uh, Authority comes out, introduce John Cena. He's got the belts around his neck. That's not where they go, John. You're Neck is not your waist. God damn it, I hate when people do that with belts. Um, anyway, so they unveiled the uh, the latest WWE 2K15, uh, and because it's 15 tile runs or whatever, he's John Cena is the face of the cover of the game. What'd you uh, what'd you think of the segment there, Brian? You know, I, I I I joked about this with a friend of mine, but I was thinking. You know, they just unearthed all those copies of E.T. that Atari had thrown away for so long. I wonder if they checked the same place twice, and if they, if they don't, I would stash all those 2K15 copies in the same spot. Put some dirt on it, call it a day. Well, all right, so moving on, we have Mr. Money in the Bank now, uh, Jeff Rollins versus defeated Rob Van Dam. And uh, pretty damn good match. Um, they really mix up really uh, well, and... Uh, part of the end too with uh, Dean Ambrose saying that he, whenever Seth Rollins is going to try to cash in his money in the bank, Dean Ambrose is going to ambush him. What do you think about that? Yeah, that was fantastic. Um, Rollins needed a, a solid win and RVD is the guy for that because um, he can always put on a good match. I just think, uh, like I said, with the way that he was booked, he looked kind of weak in the money in the bank despite all the cool spots that they had. So the fact that he had a, a good win and then you know, the whole thing of Dean Ambrose shows that it's far from over, despite how banged up he is as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely Rob Van Dam. They've been using him pretty, pretty well at this point. I mean, I don't see him winning championships again, but uh, he's definitely putting a lot of the newer guys over, and he's still go at the age of... Holy crap, I don't know how old he is. 40-something. I mean, it, it, it's better. It, it, I'm not trying to compare him to Shawn Michaels, but I mean, Michaels had that six, seven, eight year stretch where, I mean, he didn't need the belt. He just went out and wrestled, and fans paid to see him. So, he's 43 years old. I, yeah, I don't have any issues with RV just being there and wrestling. I'm cool with that.
Next we have Lana and Jack and uh, Rusev coming down to the ring. Uh, typical, we ran America, we ran America, we ran America. Out comes the real American Jack Swagger with Zeb Coulter. And what hell of a face turn. Pretty, uh, no, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I never seen a crowd more hot for somebody immediately than this. Well, they needed somebody. I mean, I, I hope that it's not just another guy that jobs. I hope they give Swagger a bit of a sustained run against Rusev. I'm not, I'm not talking like, you know, Slaughter and Iron Sheik, but, you know, something along those lines. Um, and, I mean, the people have been chanting We the People for so long now that made it like, hey, this guy could get over his face if we try. Bad haircut and all. Well, I mean, considering like his whole shtick from the beginning was getting out the illegals and people who don't belong in America, I mean, Rusev's the target, wouldn't, wouldn't you think? Well, I think he's here legally in a work visa, but, uh, yeah. I, I did like the whole Lana is her real name thing. I think it's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, next up we have the Wyatt family versus defeating Sheamus and the Usos in the three-man uh, tag team match. Uh, usual standard good fare from all of them uh no complaints uh, but really nothing that stood out in this match well other than the fact that it's your standard hey you lost at the pay-per-view but here's the win the next night so you save some face i mean that's just what came out of it for me yeah i think that's pretty much what they're trying to go for it's just we got to keep these guys momentum so great so let them win the uh, the small matches but they can't win the big Nope, and that's that's pretty the time the time standard uh, formula right there. You, you win a non-title match, you get your title match, you lose a title match, but you win the next one, so fans still think you're a credible opponent. Yeah. Um, next up, we have uh, Funkadactyls defeated Nikki Bella in a handicap match because she apparently pissed off Stephanie McMahon. Um, this wasn't what we're talking about. No, I mean, I, 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 is this... Is this where the Funkadactyls are no more? Uh, it looks that way. Coming, you know, slowly moving that way, so, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah, there's more better, I mean, sorry, more better. There's, there's better Diva things to talk about later on. Yeah, there is. We'll look at that just in a moment or two. Uh, next up, Cesaro loses to Kofi Kingston in, uh, in a commercial break. Uh, yeah. that was weird. I didn't think that ever really happened. I can't remember the last time that's ever happened. Uh, apparently they want people to download the WWE app for their smartphones uh, so they can watch the action while it's going on. Uh, I was just thinking about this team, like Kofi Kingston. He can't even win on TV. <laughs> if he wins, it's during commercial breaks. But even still, so is that to like, punish the fans like who don't have the app? Like, hey, if you don't watch the app during the commercial break, you may miss a match. Yeah, I mean... Well, yeah, because you don't expect a match to end on a commercial break. No, that never, ever, ever happens, but it did, regardless. Um, and, uh, and Cesaro proceeds to beat the living hell out of Kofi, which is kind of a weird character change for him. Yeah, I I guess it's one of those he was upset, 
And, and really, unless they're going to push Kofi for some reason, this was unnecessary. Yeah, I didn't understand it. Uh, speaking of not, well, actually kind of understanding it. Again, Damien Sandow shows up as Vince McMahon. Um, I kind of thought that he did a pretty good job doing the voice. Um, but uh, Greg Kelly wins by just, like, slapping him. That's just... I thought he was gone. How does he? How does he survive the cuts every year? I don't, I don't understand. Know. He's a big guy. Maybe he has got a lot of family in India. He's got support like an entire like province or something like that. There's like really like they're just too bad that they'll probably kill hundreds of people if they let him go. And he couldn't be some goon in a traveling circus. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, next up was awesome in my opinion. Uh, if we use the Miz's own term. So the Miz is back. Yay. Fandango? No, I'm kidding. It was it was his opponent from WrestleMania last year, Chris Jericho. It was Mr. Chris Jericho. I think he's been gone about a year now at this point. Yeah, it's just about. I mean, did not expect him to come out there at all. I mean, it's, no. I mean, he, okay. Let's be honest. For me, if it was Justin Miz, I would have been okay with it because he has been gone for a while, despite the fact that he's promoting the Marine Four, which I didn't care about one through three to start with. Um, but having Jericho come back and then the Wyatts come out there and, you know, break him to Sister Abigail, it's perfect because for the time that Jericho's going to be there, he's going to have a, it's going to give Bray a sustained feud, keep him hot, and it's going to be a legit guy that, that he can have a good match with and we'll put him over. So I'm completely cool with Jericho fighting Wyatt like that. Well, I thought it, I read where it said he's going to be there at least through September, like Night of Champions or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's what I heard. He's going to be through September, so definitely uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, and it's good that he he's at that point where he can come back and do these little short stints, yeah. and it doesn't hurt him at all. Yeah, yeah. well, it's just going to hurt the process, but it's, good. it's fun to see him, you know. Definitely, definitely. And, um... And again, don't just for the fans. It, it is nice to have the Miz back. He is, he is awesome. Uh, anyway, I, I know. I'm sorry. Next up, we have uh, your boy Fandango uh, losing to Zol- Dolph Ziggler uh, after some Ray comes down and totally makes out with Fandango for that Dolph Ziggler. Ah, man, that was just weird. Uh, <laughs> what'd you think of the match? I, I, you know. I don't really think anything about it at all. I don't understand. I mean, I guess they need these little, like, off-off feuds so people aren't just stuck with the whole, you know, authority angle. But, I mean, think about Dolph Ziggler for a second. Like, he went from Vicky Guerrero yeah. to AJ Lee yeah. to Samurai. I think he's improving. I think so. And I don't really know if he can improve from that based off the current roster if, if it was to go that way. Uh, I still think somewhere he looks better. No, no disrespect, chair shot, wherever you are. Parts unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, next up, another Ryback Soul and Curtis. Uh, 
Axel versus Stardust and Goldust. Again, why? No, no, no more matches. Seriously, there should be like a 12-month, a uh, you know, no matches between these two teams, uh, like, ban, because, oh my goodness, it's so sick of all these guys. I don't know, this has happened a lot before. There was a, there was a period, I want to say 2004, where it was like for like four, three or four months straight, it was nothing but Edge and Kane every week on Raw and pay-per-views. And I was like, I'm a little sick of this right now. So, yeah. Well, it was it was the whole making Kane look bad while he stole his wink-wink, nudge-nudge wife away from him. No, Kane. Kane's storyline was married to Lita, and then Edge stole her away, and then Matt. That's when Matt. That's when Matt Hardy came back. Is like you stole my girlfriend. Like what? Wait, huh? But no, I mean, yeah, I can completely understand because look at how it is. If you got the the Dust Brothers um, taking on Rybaxel on a pay per view, and then the very same night, the next night, the same match, why have it on the pay per view if it's a raw quality match? Yeah. Maybe they're just forcing down our throat so we'll get sick and start booing the Dust Brothers. I hope. Like, it, when he had his Intercontinental title push and he was doing the whole like dashing Cody Rhodes thing, that was fine. I mean, but this is just garbage. Yeah, I got a, I got a question with that. So I know they announced that at the beginning of the show, but if they didn't want Roman Reigns in the ladder match and he snuck his way in, why openly give him a title shot? Like, I don't know. like that's gonna bother me too because there's like, well, we can't keep him out of the main event scene. We might as well put him back into the main event scene. Yeah, that that really, really like disturbed me too. I mean, I mean, as long as. As long as they didn't try to, you know, stick another stretcher match on us and have Orton fight Cena for the 900th time, and I'm probably not exaggerating that number. I mean, I'm, I'm cool. As far as the, the main event itself, I mean, it served its purpose. All four guys in the ring, you got a little more time with them. And it, it came to where Cena was beat up, looked vulnerable, and, and Seth Rollins almost cashed in, didn't he? As promised. Yeah. He doesn't want. I think it's going to be interesting the uh, angle they're going with there. I mean, really, there hasn't been somebody with the um, uh, money in the bank briefcase who's had like a you know, the big old like target on him. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, but the thing that gets me now is, so I mean, if we're projecting ahead, look at Cena. Uh, he's. I'm pretty sure he's going to retain a battleground. It, does this does this lead to Cena versus Lesnar again? I think so, but this time it's like for the first time for the belt, as far as I know. Well, they had they had one, but again that was 2003, yeah, and no one's going to care.
Yeah, I mean, the only reason he got that match is because Kurt Angle was hurt. But, um, I mean, I, 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 I like where it would be going, only if Lesnar gets over. Because if Cena beats him again, I'm going to go nuts. But, again, for the match, for, for Raw itself, I, I'm happy that Roman Reigns is getting those main events because I... I honestly thought he was like the big stiff in the group, like just like a Batista evolution type. But he's actually shown that he can wrestle, he can entertain, and the fans are into him 100%. Absolutely. So I mean, as far as as far as Raw, I I would give it an uh, an A, and just an A. honest like i would have rather like her come out there you know talk some stuff you know because the fans are clearly behind her even though they were supporting Paige for so long but it's like oh smokes aj lee's back thing is they think that she could have come out there said a couple things said i want my belt back built up a few to either battleground or SummerSlam, and had a little more interest in, in the match instead of just boom dropping the title immediately i think they dropped the ball there Doesn't, but doesn't it make Paige look weak? I mean, she came out the night after WrestleMania and, and upset AJ, and then she was gone. Yet no rematches or anything, and the second AJ comes back, she pretty much squashes Paige pretty quickly and wins the title. Yeah, no, you're right. It's a schoolgirl pin, I guess. But, I mean, for for her having the belt for the last couple of months, I think she deserved a little better. That's all. Well, I think it's definitely going to build into a better feud, so she'll, she'll probably beat uh, AJ uh, eventually down the road, and then it looks, makes it look better. So, that's just my opinion. Well, as long as, as, long as you know, AJ Lee is not defending against one of the Funkadactyls at Battleground. Uh, anyway, yeah. so, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, I didn't see last year's Battleground, so I don't know like what if there's any special matches to it. If it's just a different name for a pay per view, but yeah, uh, fair enough. All right. So, uh, should we finish up with our top five list? Yeah. Um, yeah. I figure, just like with WWE, we've neglected the uh, the tag team title scene, not title scene, but just tag team scene in general. So I think the best way to do something about that is a top five tag team list. Now, um, I, I will tell you that th- it was a hard th- decision because I kept trying to pick people from WCW or ECW, but a lot of the teams, I, I didn't think just measured up, to be honest. Yeah, I try to think of two. I think I only have like one team out of all my teams that competed. Uh, actually, I actually have a couple teams. That can, actually, you know what? I do have a few teams that competed in like the All my guys, at some point or another, went to WWF or WWE. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. So I, you, uh, do you want to start? Sure. Uh, I think for a number five, I was going to go 
with uh, they weren't a tag team for that long, but I enjoyed the heck out of it. It was uh, Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit. Um, it was right around the time that they brought back the WWE tag team titles for SmackDown, and uh, they were like the two best technical wrestlers on the roster. So, like their their whole thing with Kurt Angle being this like lovey dovey. You know, one to hug all the time, guy, and Ang- and then was like the serious guys, like get out of my face. They always had really good matches, and uh, I mean their their run was short because they ended up losing to, if I'm not mistaken, Los Guerreros before the Shelton Benjamin Charlie Haas came in. But um, I think just for two really technical wrestlers like that, I, I couldn't beat it. So they they weren't tag team champs that long, uh, but I I did enjoy their work. And uh, so what was your number five, good well, sir? My rules I had for, for the tag teams, um, the only rule I really had was that they can't be two individuals who formed a tag team. It actually had to be like a team that competed under a team name and at least kind of had a similar gimmick and a shared gimmick. Oh. So that's pretty much my only hard rule that I had. But I always say my number five is was for something new and recent. Uh, and I'm going to give that to the Usos. Oh. Because uh, even though that they are relatively new tag team, they have definitely um, worked their butts off. They've definitely uh, not been given like their spot. They've earned it. Um, and you know, I think if they didn't win uh, this past weekend, I probably would not have included them on this list. But uh, showing that they won definitely gives a lot of longevity to them. So they're they're definitely a team which I see being around for a little while. Uh, and you know, their their move sets um, plus no arguments there I mean it is it is a little surprising I don't think they've had the competition that say like teams of the past had but I mean you can't really fault them for that no but I think they definitely had a stiff competition uh, this past weekend so yeah no arguments there um I guess well I mean technically this next one's got got a name for it so um, it's a Jarrah show uh, which of course is Jericho and Big Show, because I mean at the time, you know Jericho and Edge were supposed to be tag champs for a while, but Edge got hurt as they mostly always did. But um, so they they needed a substitute. Big Show came in, and Jericho, I, I'm just my own opinion, took him through the best stretch of his career because he made Big Show look interesting, and that is a hard thing to do. Yeah, so I mean, like they had like good matches with Legacy, and I know uh, can't even all the other top tags on top of my head, but I mean, at that time, like you know, Jericho and Big Show were fantastic, and they served the purpose that they were going to do. And again, I had never, I, I didn't have a time where watching them, even even though they fought DX every week on Raw, it still was fun for the time being. That, that's completely fine. I mean, it's it's an all-time thing that, all-time. you know, per uh, nine. So my number four was the Hart Foundation. Uh, which, the original one, of well, course, right? Of course, the original. Yeah, not, not the, the uh, byproducts at all. Uh, definitely Bret Hart and Jim the Animal Nightheart. Um, I think they worked well as a tag team. They had 
had good chemistry, um, different styles. Brett was the tactician, um, while the anvil, of course, was the, um, uh, the big guy who did the power moves. But um, they had a great look, uh, great uh, move sets, and usually good, uh, good matches too. So, uh, as heels and faces, and I think that pretty much the point of the tag team was to make, uh, make Bret Hart a uh, known uh, name and uh, mission accomplished. Now, uh, I'm assuming this. Did you did you like them more or less when they had Jimmy Hart? Uh, good question. Um, I think I liked them more when they were, their faces than when they were heels. Um, I guess for whatever reason in my mind, like somebody's always going to be like a face or heel, no matter if they are playing as a face or heel, and the face is my opinion. Yeah, I mean they had those times. I think when they're they're fighting the Bulldogs or uh, Dynamite. And the Bulldog were over big time. But, um, I mean, even their matches with the Rockers, you know, they were still the faces, even though both teams were over at the time. So, yeah, no issue there. I like that one. Um, I went with the same thing. Actually, the exact same thing. So I, I went with the Heart Foundation myself. Um, well, it, it just, just for the fact that, I mean, at, at that time, you had so many other teams. I mean, you had, like, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard, I mean, they were there as the Brain Busters, but you had, like, the Killer Bees, you had, you know, how was it? Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even know if you consider Savage and Hogan a tag team because they never really competed for the tag belts. Um, but at the same time, there were so many good tag teams around that time, and they were just the ones that always stood out, in my opinion. So, I mean, they did a great job of uh, pushing Bret Hart to the moon, and he needed it, so... I was cool with it. I really enjoyed the like the Heart Foundation. So that's number three. Okay. Well, uh, my number three is also from the same era as well. These guys were always excited as a tag team, whether they won or lost. Um, they never won the belt, unfortunately. But then again, it was a very crowded scene at the time. Um, and that would be the Rockers. Really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Rockers have always been one of my favorite tag teams because they had such great move sets. Double elbows, the double uh, uh, kicks. Um, they're always doing high fly moves at a point where a lot of people were not using them. Uh, and they did have a few big wins here and there, but they, they mostly you know jobbed out. But uh, I mean, the whole point of the team, I guess, well, they eventually found the star in Shawn Michaels inside of Bush Hips. Job well done. Yeah. Um, the only really bad thing I felt about them was that they had that one day where they actually won the tag belt. So because of the whole botched rope thing that yeah. it was never actually made to air so they just kept the belts on Brett and Neidhart yeah that did kind of bug me that they never the Rockers were scheduled so we're, we're going to win the, the tag team championships and they just never did um, so yeah, again it was a very crowded time and belts rarely changed hands um, at least they'd say that you know, somebody was champion unlike you know the, 2000, the early 2000s where their things were changed on a weekly basis so yeah, that that does really kind of bug me too. Plus, they ha- they had a lot of feuds with a lot of the big guys. Like you saw, I mean, they had a WrestleMania match with Haku and Barbarian. They had another one with uh, was it, uh, Boss Man and uh, Akeem the African Dream. Yeah. So I mean, they they took on all comers they and did, they, they, they definitely had, they had, they did not like it hard. Yeah, no no issues there. I really like that one. Um, let's see. So number two. I went with another one in that era, and it's a little, it's a little weird how I put him over the Heart Foundation, but 
I went with Demolition. Yeah. And and by that I just mean the axe and smash combination. I, I didn't care for uh you know Crush's first failed gimmick. Um I'm sorry, I I I'm not trying to be a pun here, but I crush crush every time I talk about them. But to be fair, I, I, I like I like their gimmick. I kinda thought they were like a like a spin off of the Road Warriors in the aspect, like a WWF version of them. Right. But you know, and again, their outfits were a little weird, even for the time. But even so, like like the whole face paint coming out there, like I, I dug their entrance music. Like they just beat the living crap out of uh, other people and each other because they were the number one and two entrant in the '89 Rumble. So, '90. Uh, no, I, I apologize. It was uh, DiBiase came out number one because he was number thirty the year before. Again, I, I apologize. I know too much. Point is. I enjoyed them. I, I the fact that they beat Andre the Giant and Haku at WrestleMania six, and it was like kind of Andre's farewell match, um, was was like pretty big to me at the time. Because even as a kid, I didn't see Andre losing, no matter who they were, who he was fighting. So I just I, I thoroughly liked Demolition. I, it was a shame once like Crush came in, and then was it I think Smash had the heart problem, so it, they ended up becoming. The other two guys they ended up like jobbing to those Japanese wrestlers at WrestleMania Seven, and then just faded to obscurity. Pretty much once once LOD came in, a demolition was non-existent. Yeah, pretty much because the demolition was the answer to uh, LO, where the Road Warriors and Vince couldn't get the Road Warriors, so he's made his own. So once he had them in the Legion of Doom, then yeah, demolition was gone. Yeah, so I mean, uh, for that time. Now, I'm not saying that they're better than the Hart Foundation. I'm saying I enjoyed a lot of their matches. So my number two was Demolition. Well, my number two was uh, very similar to that. I actually picked um, the Legion of Doom slash the War of Road Warriors. Oh. Uh, because they've been around. They were around for quite a while, probably past their prime, as we discussed this past weekend. Um, and uh, but they had tons of championships. Looked phenomenal. Had an awesome finishing move, the Doomsday Device, or I forget what they call it when they were uh, the Road Warriors. But uh, man, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, like, yeah, that was that was a really cool gimmick. Um, and you know, where their heels or faces, they just look like they would beat the living shit out of you. Uh, and they could probably do that. I mean, they they, they were legitimate, like freaking badasses. Um, I mean, granted, they couldn't walk around like civil society with those haircuts, but uh, yeah, no. I, I have to I have to check again because I'm I, I kind of get confused whether like the uh, LOD and the Steiner brothers had the same move or if it was like a different move for the uh, finisher. Steiners, I think had the did they have a bulldog? That's what I, I kept, kept kept thinking it was a bulldog or it wasn't. I wasn't sure. Yeah. It was a bulldog. They had the uh, the top rope bulldog. The other person the other guy's shoulders. Yeah. Hmm. Well, there we go. I like that pick. It's very good. And now, excuse me, we're up to number one. And, uh, you know, you're going to hate me for this. Maybe, maybe not. But it's uh, it's just one person for me, and it's Edge. <laughs> surprise, surprise, I know. Good Lord. And all, I know, but look at it this way. He was, like, I think at least a 12- or 13-time tag team champion, which for the WWE is, is, like, the most, because, I mean, even though the Dudleys have the most all-time you know they were they bounced around from place to place. Um, I mean, look at the partners he had. 
He had the amazing Edge and Christian, of course. Right. He was tag champs with Randy Orton, and he made Orton look interesting, and that takes a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then yeah, he was tag champs with Mysterio, uh, Chris Benoit for a time. Like, he was a tag champ with Jericho for that short bit, and he was even a tag champ with Hulk Hogan. Yeah, I don't know how that worked out. Yeah, so... The thing is, like, he was tag champs with so many guys over so many different periods that, like, you know, his partners changed, but he was the the constant there. So as, as much as he was a successful singles wrestler, he was also a really good tag team wrestler, and, and he made all those tag teams work, in my opinion. Not that those guys couldn't go. They obviously could, but I think Edge was that constant because he could make the, those tag teams work. Well, what is your number one, good sir? Well, my number one is also one of his contemporary, uh, contemporary teams. Um, I kind of went with what team um, I thought it was the most dominant, uh, put on the best matches, and this is probably a bad pick, too, because, you know, I've seen a lot of their matches, probably more than anybody else in this uh, list. Um, and that would be the Dudley Boys. Whoa. Yeah, well, I mean, straight out of ECW, these guys dominated the tag team division there. Uh, moving to WWF at the time, you, know, you kind of think that, hey, they would just kind of, like, you know, be jobber tag teams, not do a good job. But no, throw them in there with Edge and Christian uh, and the Hardys, and those guys were phenomenal together and put on some excellent matches. Um, and then they go to TNA and also dominate there, too. So, I mean, this Team 3D, not as the Dudley's, because of the Westfields. But anyway, um, yeah, I mean, those guys, like, they, they, uh, they kind of had... Uh, they're entertaining. They were their heels. They were faces. They were putting women through tables. They're putting everybody through tables. It was great stuff uh, throughout the entire time. And uh, I, I really, really think the Dudleys, um, for just their longevity and also the fact they've been able to work with different companies, has been phenomenal. Yeah, my only thing was they did have that long string of success, but like in those big matches. I, I, I personally wouldn't have minded if they won, but all those uh, like TLC matches and WrestleMania tag matches, Edge and Christian won every single time. Yeah, well, it was a pretty hard choice because it was up to really those guys, uh, Hardys or Edge and Christian. So. And, and, and one other thing to add, I, I know it might say in there that the Dudleys were a WCW tag champ, but the whole invasion angle, all those titles should be thrown okay. out. Yeah, but I mean, I, I like the choice because they've been good for so long in so many places. They have just about every tag team championship that was ever made from the point they started. So definitely no problems with that whatsoever. Yeah, well, plus their gimmick was, just, was, was great too. I mean, it was like from slap shots, you know, that they come from Dudleyville where everybody has the same dad. Yeah. And one of the things that helps that, but it kind of speaks against them, is the fact that they weren't, even even though they had the TNA stuff where Bully Ray was the heavyweight champion for a while, um, even though when they were in WWE, they kind of failed on their own as singles competitors. Yeah. And whereas, like, Edge and Christian broke off, or, like, Matt and Jeff had their success, but the Dudleys just 
were always a good tag team, but I don't think they ever really made it over by themselves. No, I think that they didn't really have any success at all as, as, a, um, as singles competitors, probably, yeah, for the very reason you described. Um, it's just one of those things where you see them so much as a tag team rather than individuals that breaking them up would never do anything for them. No, I mean, except for Reverend Devon brought Batista. Wait, never, never mind. Never mind. That was actually Paul Heyman's idea for that angle. Really? But, uh, oh, yeah. So, he, you know, the genius is not always perfect. No, but that's, yeah, that's a really good list right there. And uh, I, I'm surprised you weren't hard and harder on me about the edge pick. It's you, man. I've, I've gotten used to it, so no, no worries there. At least I didn't trash Cena. I mean, he, hey, what about that? He was a tag champ with Shawn Michaels, you know. And yes, it is. Oh, crap, I gotta, you're gonna put me on the spot here. I'll think of something by next week. Stay tuned, fans. It's exciting. I know. I just gotta think of something good and creative that uh, blows our minds as well as yours. Also, uh, for the fans out there, uh, very soon we'll have uh, we will have the uh, uncensored '96 together. Or how's that coming along? Uh, And uh, just an idea to throw out there, and this is for the uh, for the fans who want to go to the YouTube page and comment on the specific matches. Instead of doing like an exact pay per view, we could get like a couple matches together from like really bad matches and just go on those, like like Hogan and Warrior from Halloween Havoc '98, for example. Oh god, that's so bad. It is, but if the fans, I think if the fans voted it, I, I would be okay with yeah. it. So yeah, um, just stay tuned next week for an exciting top five list. And uh, are we doing uh, Ground Zero next week? Uh, we are doing uh, Ground Zero. Um, uh, Ground Zero from 1997, September of that year. Uh, yes. Plus, of course, that raw review from that weekend. And uh, we'll keep informed of worst pay-per-view of all goddamn time. Yeah, no, it was it was it was it was terrible, and you'll understand why when you listen to it and realize we didn't hardly talk about the pay per view. We hardly did. Anyway, for the DB and cast, this is Turbuckle Jim, Fast Count Brian, and of course we miss you, Chair Shot. We miss you so much, Chair Shot. Later.